You're listening to Better Than Yesterday, a podcast that will inspire the chase to your best self. My name is Angelo Kelly, and I'm a creator who escaped the traditional nine to five. On the show, you'll hear conversations with elite athletes, mindset coaches, and everyday people who talk about their personal journey to a life of passion. I appreciate you guys being here. Now let's get rolling. What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode. Thank you so much for being here this week. My guest is Jane Carter. Jane is a licensed psychotherapist as well as a business coach. Definitely an interesting dynamic that we broke down on the show. Jane was recommended by Money Honey Rachel, former guest of the show. And I just feel so lucky to be having these different types of conversations. Every week is just a breath of fresh air, somebody that I never would have got the chance to talk to. And Jane is no exception. I never would have talked to her if it weren't for Rachel. And I never would have talked to Rachel if I didn't read her book and reach out to her on Instagram. So just a lot of exciting things coming with the podcast. I appreciate you guys being here week in and week out. So let's send it over to the interview. All right. This week on the podcast, we have Jane Carter. Thank you for joining me, Jane. My pleasure. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, so you got recommended to me by Rachel Richards, who was our guest a few weeks ago. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad she got us connected and then we had a good conversation. So glad you're here. Thank you. Rachel's great. Yeah, she is. She's been an awesome guest on the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like I've learned a ton from her about money. So she's a good resource to have. Well, let's just hop into your background. So you are a therapist and a business coach. So those things typically don't align. So right. where do you start? <laughs> um, well, what I'll start with is that I've been a therapist in private practice uh, for almost 20 years. And I joke that my specialty is uh, stressed out people pleasers. So, um, so really trying to help people with self-confidence and learning how to say no to other people and be assertive as well as a lot of, uh, trauma work. I mean, we all kind of form our personalities around the, the pain and the trauma that we're overcoming. And my journey into business coaching, cause you're absolutely right. They seem like <laughs> uh, not necessarily congruent businesses, but my own journey was that I wanted to go into private practice. I was terrified. I kept putting it off. I waited way too long to leave my counseling job uh, six years ago. Uh, I, I probably stayed at my old uh, university job for about three years too long um, because I, I didn't have the courage. I, I had just too much fear. So I got some coaching myself in how to start a small business And the process, I learned so much and I grew so much as a person that I really wanted to be able to do that for some other people. So I started eventually helping other therapist friends in private practice to do that. And then I thought, gosh, this is really fun. I want to do this and get paid for it. (laughs) So I started coaching other people um, and then eventually expanded to other small businesses besides just therapists in private practice. So that's the, the, the general story of how I got started. Cool. Yeah. And we'll dive deeper into that. So sure. um, I just got into therapy a few months ago. Yay. Good I, for you. Yeah. It's definitely been a, been a really good thing. What do you think, like, what pushes you into that field? Cause I can imagine like just taking 
people's stuff in has to be mm-hmm. extremely exhausting. So what did you want to be a therapist when you were growing up? Um, like most therapists, I had such a good experience with therapy and how it changed my family, how it impacted me personally. And just, I mean, I cannot imagine my life having not gone down that path. Um, and so to be able to then turn around and do that for other people is so satisfying. And I remember, so in grad school, you know, we, we spent the first year just learning all these theories and how to do these things, but we didn't actually see any clients. And then my second year I had my first practice clients and I remember coming home and I was so excited. My roommate at the time was like, what's going on? I was like, my client was sexually abused and she told me about it. And, da, da, da. and my, my roommate was like, you're weird. Why are you happy about that? And I was like, because she's telling her story, which means she's getting healing. And I, I think to be part of people's stories is so, it's such an honor. And it's such a joy when you see that, you know, when people start to open up, it means that there's hope for them to feel better and to live a fuller life. And it's just incredibly satisfying. Um, so that counteracts the, the heaviness of, yeah, I, you know, we're listening to heavy stuff a lot of the time and hearing some really sad stories. Um, but I see it as a more hopeful profession than something that can, is going to just weigh you down. And, and I do my self-care around it. You know, if I have a particularly sad story day I'm going to do some self-care and unwind and and make sure I'm getting my own therapy so yeah so what tools go on go with the self-care are you um meditating what are you doing for that uh I keep planning to meditate (laughs) and I tell all my clients to um but I realized my meditation is I start the day with my cup of coffee my meditative cup of coffee Um, and some reading and a gratitude journal and some prayer. And it's, uh, it's not the kind of what, what I keep thinking I need to do, which is to sit there for 20 minutes in silence. Um, But it's just setting the tone of the day. And if it's a counseling day, it's kind of thinking about, all right, who do I need to show up as today? If it's a coaching day, thinking about, all right, who am I seeing today? How do I want to show up for them? Um, and then at the end of the day, I, it would just be kind of checking in on, all right, what do I need right now? Do I need to go for a walk? Do I need to talk to a friend? Um, you know, I just, I try to have a full life in general. And, and again, I have my own therapist. Um, and it's funny, I would say the self-care piece, it's both for the work of being a counselor, but also the work of being a coach, because that is also emotional work and, and kind of helping hold people's emotions with them as they're taking scary steps and risks. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I love the morning routine. I'm definitely a slow starter as well. Um, I do my journal, have my Mm -hmm. coffee and I'm like, please no one bother me. I'm not going to look at my phone, but yeah, yeah, that, that part of the day has been huge for me. And then Mm -hmm. usually about a half hour, 40 minutes in, then I can be like, okay, now I'll check my phone. If there's anything that I need to take care of, I can do it. But it definitely does make a difference starting slow in the morning. Totally. The morning is really powerful. Uh, and, and I know there are lots of books about morning routines and all of that, but 
I don't think it even needs to be the perfect routine. I think just having something that you do to set the tone for the rest of the day is so important. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, for sure. So we were talking a little bit about your coaching business before we started. So you started coaching other entrepreneurs about five or six years ago. What pushed you into that? Well, so like I said, I was having so much fun learning these things for myself because it kind of blew my mind to realize, oh, as I'm, you know, I was starting my counseling practice and I was realizing, oh, I, I have some mindset issues here that are getting in the way of this. So for instance, money, suddenly I was going from getting a paycheck to having to ask for a check at the end of the session. And I realized I was really feeling uncomfortable with that. And that was keeping me from launching my practice. It was keeping me from raising my fees. It was keeping me from uh, marketing myself, frankly. And so I actually got some therapy. I got some, I did some EMDR, which is a, a trauma treatment that I actually do now to create some shifts in my brain and in my emotions around receiving money. Um, and a lot of that went back to some family stories around money. Oh, of course my dog just decided to get his squeaky toy out. Um, (laughs) his timing is impeccable. (laughs) Um, all right. So, so anyway, so even getting some coaching around how to shift, how I felt about receiving money, sorry. Um, kind of blew my mind that that can make such a huge difference. And suddenly I felt fine about charging a decent fee and asking for that money. Um, And so I I started to see that in my therapist and counselor friends that they were having the same struggles in their private practices. And I was like, Ooh, even though I had just gone into private practice myself, I really wanted to start helping people with that. Um, I don't know how long-winded of a story I should tell you. The short version is I, I thought, you know what? For, I'm going to create this huge membership site with all of these counselors, and there are going to be thousands of us, and we're going to all work on this stuff. And I, I kind of went whole hog <laughs> to start with, which I bit, bit off way more than I could chew, especially while really still building my private practice. Um, But the good thing is that out of that experience, um, basically I'd had some people sign up, pay me some money. I had no money to give them back. So I said, how about this? How about I do some individual coaching for you, for your private practice? And thank goodness they all took me up on it. And in the midst of that, I realized, ooh, I love doing individual coaching with people. I love helping people through the emotional pieces that come up as they're starting a business, whether it's fear of being seen and putting themselves out there or fear of charging money or um, just, gosh, all our stuff just comes up when we're running a business. So that's kind of, that's the long version, I guess, of everything you just asked me. (laughs) Yeah, that's a cool story. I think uh, anytime you go off on your own thing, like for me, I was working a corporate job I left in Mm. July of last year. And like, I just hated, I hated every single day of my life. It was just all the same. I I sit in traffic and, and hate when I'm at the office. And then I haven't like monetized anything that I'm doing yet, but Uh 
but ju- even the fact of like putting a podcast out, yeah, I was like, I hate my voice. <laughs> I don't want to do this. I don't want to have to run a second Instagram. I think a uh-huh. lot of that stuff comes up for, for anybody. Totally. And good for you for getting out of something that was kind of soul killing, you know? A lot of people are scared to leave the security of that, but you're going to make money eventually if you keep putting out your message and doing these things. You know what I mean? It, it just, the world needs your work. And yeah. No. Yeah. Go ahead. So I was reading that on your website, that that was one of your core values. I love that. That uh, yeah. we had, are you familiar with Stephen Pressfield? Oh yeah. The I War of Steven. Art. I just gave all a copy of the War of Art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, I, a, as a thank you to them. Or I love surprise. that book. I love that book. It's yeah, great. And, and go ahead. Sorry. We've got a little delay. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. But like he, that's his message is basically if you're an artist and art doesn't mean painting, it doesn't mean writing. It could be anything for you. It's coaching for me. It's mm-hmm. doing a podcast, but like we're all artists and it's, it's almost a disservice to everyone else if we're not putting our art out there. Absolutely. I love that message. And yeah, I, I really see a small business as a creative work. Because you are, you're putting so much of yourself into it and you have the tools and the medium, but you are still putting this creative spin on it, right? Which also means that your own fears, your own stories, your own kind of uh, internalized scripts about how the world works, they're going to start to show up in your business. So whether that's that first step of, oh, who am I to start a podcast in in dealing with that fear and that discomfort that comes up, you are also healing something in yourself that's saying, yeah, who am I to do that? And you're going, well, I'm Angelo. I do have something valuable to offer, you know? And, and again, there's, there's healing even in that. Um, I, another story I'll tell that kind of illustrates this idea that starting a business can actually be a both a creative process and a healing process. I have a client who would not market his practice. He just felt so uncomfortable and just thought, but I'm, I'm going to be this used car salesman type person. I'm going to be icky if I'm marketing myself and, and trying to get people to pay me money. And I was like, you want to heal men who are struggling with their lives and wanting to really feel fulfilled. That is a good service. And what we got down to was that basically his father had been sort of a sleazy small businessman who was always doing these like wheels, wheeling and dealing, uh, get rich quick schemes and taking advantage of people. And we basically figured out his big fear was that he was going to turn into his dad. So as we were doing the work of getting his private practice set up in the way he wanted it to be, he realized, hey, I'm making money and I'm not my dad. And I was like, oh my gosh. So not only are you making money and, and, you know, that's better for your life um, and your family, but now your business has just helped heal you because you get to realize I'm not a jerk. I'm my own person, right? So I call coaching, business coaching, stealth therapy, because uh, those things that we take risks on are always an opportunity to get some healing around our stuff, our old deep stuff. Yeah, I like that. So are you dealing mostly with people who have um, 
their business is up and running? Or are you also dealing with people who are have an idea and are struggling to get it off the ground? I have a little bit of both. So I have some people who they really are just getting started and they have an idea and they just need a framework and they want to, they need someone to come alongside them as they go through the steps of building it. I have some people, I would say most of the people I work with are, I'd say they're in the startup phase and that they're in the first zero to four years of their business. So I do have people who've been in business a while, but they're just limping along. They're not making much money. They're undercharging. Um, they're not putting themselves out there in a way that actually grows their business. And so what I've done for a lot of people is help them revitalize their efforts and like, where are you going wrong here? How do we need to fix your message? What do you actually need to be charging? And really, where are you lacking the confidence to put yourself out there? And how, how, how can I hold you accountable to start putting yourself out there and taking risks? It's definitely a really cool balance how you're bringing the therapy side because, you know, we have all these people on the internet who are like pushy, like get right, started. Right, right. Get started. <laughs> if you don't get started, yeah. you Crush suck. It. Yeah. <laughs> 10, 10 exit. exit. Yeah. Get your hustle on, like kick fear in the ass. Yeah. All of that stuff. Yeah. And some people don't need that. Some people just need to hear you are a value and, and your idea is important. And like, I always go back to, even if you fail at something, at least you did it. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Oh, I'm getting chills. I'm like, ding, 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 ding. That is the message. So a lot of my clients are highly sensitive people. And, and that's really, it's, um, there's a whole designation of HSPs where basically people who feel things very deeply, who have a lot of empathy, who kind of absorb other people's emotions. And for them, the, and, and also are very, um, passion driven. So I don't mean sensitive in the bad sense. I mean, sensitive, like they, they are very passionate about helping people through the work that they do. So yeah, those messages of like, crush it, kill it, hustle it. It just stops them in their tracks. They're just like deer in the headlights. And, and, and it can get into a lot of shame voices of like, oh no, I'm not crushing it. Oh, maybe I'm terrible at this. And really what I like to do is, I mean, basically what I'm doing is training people to be self-compassionate as they build their businesses. Uh, and I think it's so much more effective if we can do self-compassion versus beating the crap out of ourselves. Um, so yeah, so even like as everyone's going to have failure, I call it the first pancake. We all have a first pancake moment where we just put something out there and it may or may not go well, but like a first pancake, you know, you've got to have that first one that like gets a little overcooked or soaks up all the butter on the griddle and helps you know, oh, I need to like turn the dial a little bit. I need to put it, you know, put a little less butter or whatever so that you can keep like have that next awesome pancake. Um, So when we're doing a business, we're doing first pancakes all the time, right? And if we can be self-compassionate and not be like, oh, I'm an idiot. I screwed up the pancake, but be like, oh, that was a first pancake. It's time to try something else or tweak it a little bit. And I'm so proud of myself for taking the risk and way to go me. And who knew I could be this bold? Um, Again, you grow in confidence and especially with the repetition of risk-taking. So yeah, it's a huge 
it's a huge venue for your soul's growth, I think, to just mm-hmm. be putting yourself out there. Yeah, I like that analogy of the first pancake. A lot of the people <laughs> I've talked to on the podcast have done that. They've had mm-hmm. their first thing that they put out and, you know, it didn't turn out the way they wanted to, or right. it didn't get the views that they thought it was going to get. And I think anybody getting started, it's like, you, I talked about that. I have a coffee chat series that I do on YouTube where I just kind of go awesome. and go into something I'm learning and just like the value of understanding that it's not always going to turn out perfect the first time, right. but like, you can't let that fear stop you from doing anything. I, I think a ton of people just, you know, would rather do nothing than do that first failure. Oh, I know. And that drives me crazy because I see people with such goodness to give and they get in their own way with their perfectionism. And I I say that as a black belt perfectionist, Um, that's been my issue to have to overcome. And, and this is actually why I tell a lot of my, uh, my business coaching clients to read books about creativity because so much of creativity is learning how to let go of perfectionism. Um, You know, perfectionism, it's just shame in disguise. And most of us, I mean, everyone has their secret shame. And we all have our old stories about ourselves, our old negative stories, right? Um, And so to be able to go out there and have some fail, like actively fail, you know, just to take those risks and fall on your face and have your shame stories come up and then be able to go, Oh, look at that. This whole time I've been telling myself this about myself. Maybe I could change this story into a more self-compassionate one. Um, Man, what an amazing opportunity to shift even just how you see yourself or feel about yourself as you pick yourself back up and keep going, you know? What books are you recommending people read? Oh, so many books. Um, well, besides the, the War of Art, which I reread annually, uh, another really good one is Big Magic uh, by Elizabeth Gilbert, which again, it's about creativity, but it's really about doing anything meaningful in your life that's a risk. Um, oh, it's, it's so full of gems. Um, as both a therapist and a business coach, I encourage people to read some Brene Brown. Um, and, and specifically, if you're thinking of taking risks and, take, and, and incurring failures, um, her book, Rising Strong, is one of the best books I've ever read. Um, and again, it's, it's that thing of when you've taken a risk and it hasn't go, gone well, all right, how do you navigate through that? Um, and then, of course, a million business books that I love. Um, Seth Godin's This Is Marketing is really good. If you're specifically, specifically wanting to know about marketing. Um, but yeah, those, I, those are the first ones that come to mind are these books about creativity and taking risks. Awesome. Yeah, I, I just wrote down Big Magic because I want to pick that up. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's another one worth rereading frequently. So yeah, she's great. Yeah, for sure. I, I read, um, I've probably read the war of art like five or six times and I picked it up last year. It's such mm, a good one that if so good. you have five or 10 minutes, you can read a couple of pages. Yeah. Ooh, another one I would say that came out probably 20 something years ago. Um, but it's, oh, it's so good, is Anne Lamott's Bird by Bird. And it's a book about writing, 
but again, it's about life. And she has a whole chapter called shitty first drafts where she's like, you just, you know, you, you can't do this perfectionist thing. Just create something and just make it shitty. And that gets all your blocks out of the way where you just put something on paper. Right. And then you can make it better later. Um, but man, how many things in our lives are we scared to do because we want it to, we don't want to fall on our face and have other people see us fall on our face. Right. But she's like, you know what? Life is short. Just do it. Just get it out there and then tweak it. <laughs> do you think that shifted in the last, you know, 10 or 15 years since you've been doing therapy for quite a while? Was this like such an issue, this, uh, this fear, do you think because of like Instagram and Facebook now that everything's kind of public, do you think that shifted? I think it's the same stuff. I I think that's always been there. Um, I mean, again, shame is always trying to find a way to get us. Um, But I think it has shifted in how it's showing up. So yeah, I mean, with Instagram and I, I love Instagram. I think it's opened up so many opportunities for people to be seen and heard who wouldn't have otherwise. Um, I love seeing people willing to share their imperfections on Instagram and the danger of it is it sets us up, uh, as Brene Brown says, to compare our blooper reel to other people's highlight reel. And we can take, if we want to, we can take in just massive amounts of comparison data. And that, that's really not good. So I think people need to be very mindful of uh, how they're taking in social media and who they're following. Um, and, but again, having said that, you know, I follow people who on Instagram who model embracing their imperfections so beautifully that that's really life-giving for me. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, same, same stuff, you know, perfectionism, comparison, fear, shame, a uh, different medium in which to beat ourselves up with it <laughs> or potentially be self-compassionate. <laughs> yeah. And I just see that like with myself, you know, I'm trying to grow my Instagram Mm-hmm. And it's like, where do I balance, like how many followers I have? Like, how do I not get caught up in that? And I had right. one, I had one guest on the show who had a big Instagram following and I was like, Oh, how'd you grow it? And he's saying, you know, focus on the content, give a good message. And then we get off the podcast and he's like, yeah, I just bought a robot until I got 10,000 followers. <laughs> oh, no. And I'm like, dude, just say that on the podcast. Yeah. Like, tell people that and even if you tell people that and you're honest like people want to hear that I at least I do personally yeah because even okay I am so not a social media expert but I would think that if you bought followers and then some of them stayed with you I mean the ones the people who do not resonate with what you're teaching or or you know what your message is they are going to fall away and that is totally okay I would so much rather have you know, 200 engaged Instagram followers or, you know, whatever social media um, who are really digging what I'm putting out there than have a bunch of numbers that are empty because that's not, A, it's not purpose-driven. You know, it's just, it's inauthentic, not, um, 
yeah, it's just not real. But B, it's actually not that effective as a business plan. I, you know, I think people are going to sell so much more to the people who are engaged with them and really genuinely love what they're putting out there than some person they don't even know why they're following them. They're not really paying close attention. You know, you're blasting your email list or your Instagram list, but you're not, if you're not fully engaged with these people, then that's not going to be very effective anyway. So I don't get into a big, like, so with websites and stuff, I don't get into a huge SEO strategy, but again, I'm very touchy feely and mindset oriented where I'm like, I just think the best SEO is have good content where you're showing up authentically as yourself. And that's going to pull in the people who want to engage with you. Yeah. But we, you know, we all want that, that keyword that's going to drive people to our website. Like I always see that. And I kind of been asking people like, but what's the one thing that I can do that's, you know, going to get me the biggest amount of followers or engagement. And it's like, there really is none. Like the, I think the magic answer that we're looking for is just consistency. Like put your head down for three to five years and it's going to come eventually. But like, you want to, but how can I do it in a year? How can I do right. it in six months? Like, <laughs> well, and I know people who they've accomplished a lot in a short amount of time, but they wrecked their health and their family in the meantime. Um, if you're going to do a concentrated, you know, I want to get my business from here to here and it's got to be instant. Oh, first of all, I don't think it works to do it instantly, but it, it, it can be all consuming. Um, I, I'm much more of the school of thought of keep showing up authentically, keep showing up authentically, be consistent. Um, you, you can still get a lot going in a business in a few months, but if you really want to build something solid where there are people who know, like, and trust you, yeah, so much of it just comes from consistency, consistency, showing up, showing up, being real. I could harp on this for quite a while, but especially as Americans, we love the magic pill concept. (laughs) Like if I'll just do this one thing suddenly, and I'll tell you, there are plenty of coaches out there who are going to tell you, Oh yeah, I've got the formula. So sign up and I'll tell it to you. (laughs) It's not, there is not a magic pill. I would so much, if anything, the, the quote unquote magic pill is be authentic, be authentic, show up, show up build trust, give a lot, give away a lot of your, your knowledge for free. Uh, and that builds trust. And then when you're actually selling something, people are going to trust that you have something like even better to share. Um, so yeah, I like what, I like how you're thinking. (laughs) That's great advice for anybody who's, who's going to be in business. Do you think there's something like, what's one mistake that you see with people right off the bat that typically, a lot of entrepreneurs make? Is there anything that stands out to you? Um, Oh, so many. I, I mean, I think we just touched on one, which is kind of thinking if I just follow this formula and just put it out there, I should be an instant success. Um, I think, and and I, I think we, I'm trying to formulate my words here. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Just believing that there's a magic pill. I mean, I, I, again, I think so much of it is rather than going, what is this external 
thing that I can do to just push the button and get things going. I think the mistake people make is not doing the internal work of, well, what's, what's the purpose for this thing I'm trying to put out there? Uh, what are my core messages that I want people to hear from me and, and through this work? What's the change that I want to make? You know, what's the change I want people to experience in their lives from working with me? Um, who do I want to be in this business? How do I want to show up and how can I do that consistently? And, and again, authentically, when we externalize it and just go, where's this secret button? We lose all of that and we don't build a good foundation. Uh, the clarity that comes with doing that internal work and getting really clear on here's who I here's what my business is about. Here's who I want to serve. And here, here's who I don't want to serve. Here's who it, this is not for. Oh my gosh, that is a really valuable step. Um, the work of getting that clarity makes such a huge difference later on that I cannot emphasize enough how important that is and how valuable that is. So how do you think you balance like that with being clear, being intentional with getting started? Because a lot of times people procrastinate that so much. So how do you you come out, like be willing to put yourself out there, but also know that you're going to make mistakes and it's not going to happen right away? Yeah, that's a great question. I love that, Angelo. Um, yeah, because, oh, man, I, I'm someone who can get stuck in the navel-gazing part and not actually take action. So, yeah, the other part is eventually you do have to take action, you know. And, and what a lot of my coaches, the trap they'll fall into is, um, like, doing the worksheets I've given them and doing that internal work, but then redoing it, doing it even deeper and deeper and deeper, where I'm like, hey, at some point you have to take a risk. And part of my job as a coach is just at the very least to provide some accountability of, all right, what are your action steps this week? You know, or when I check in with you in a month, what are you going to have gotten done? What are your, what are your goals for achieving? And I I check in with people uh, weekly. I have a few different ways for them to say, here's what I want to get done this week. And here's what I got done that we can celebrate because that accountability, you know, we have to actually take the action and we have to fall on our faces. And it's so nice to know that, Hey, I've got someone who's going to say, did you do the thing? Did you reach out to that person? Did you do the Instagram post? Um, but also that if you do fall on your face, that you're going to have someone to remind you, Hey, you know what? I'm so proud of you. You took the shot and, and here's, let's, let's figure out what you learned and how to tweak that, you know, or if you take the action and it goes really well, it's so nice to have someone that you can go, Jane, I did the thing and it worked, you know, and I'm like doing the happy dance with them. And I can't tell you how fun this work is. Oh my gosh. To get to celebrate with people. It's so fun. That's so, awesome. Yeah, action's also important. <laughs> yeah. I think we all have to balance, balance both because, so my girlfriend just started her own nutrition business. And nice. so we're kind of going through this process together. We're doing different things, but like yeah. she, she's the perfectionist. And I'm the person I put the Instagram posts out. It has spelling mistakes. I'm not proofreading it. I'm just like, uh-huh. get it out there, get it out there, do my website. Yeah. I don't care. And she's like, I need to proofread this. I need to <laughs> do a test. I need to do all these things. So it's funny hearing yeah. you drive, like your clients. I think we both have a lot of similarities. 
Yeah. Well, y'all, it sounds like y'all are a really good balance for each other and probably she can be encouraging you to be, continue to do the, the kind of slow down and, and do the deeper work. And you're probably having to encourage her to like, Hey, put out your shitty first draft and like, get it done. Like get out of your shell and start putting yourself out there. So that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. So I have one final question. Um, so the message for my podcast is better than yesterday. So Mm. what's one thing that like one message, one uh, thing that you could write on a note card or a post-it note that you would tell somebody to do daily that they can make themselves a little bit better than yesterday? Mm, That is a great question. Um, the short answer, the post-it that I I have, I literally have like post-it notes all over my office walls because I, I, I like to remind myself of those messages. So I literally have one that says, do it scared. Um, the, the long answer of, of what I mean by do it scared or, or kind of the underlying reason for that is, and, and this is going to sound morbid, but it's a really important message. I think for us to remember every day and dear Lord, in the midst of, you know, pandemic times, uh, this is more, we're more aware of this than ever, but anyway, um, I was scared to launch my business and a friend of mine who's very soulful looked at me and he said, Jane, you're going to die. And I was like, Oh my gosh. He's like, you're going to die someday. Stop getting caught up in these stupid fears and just launch the business. Just do it. You don't have time for this worry and this kind of pussyfooting around, like just do it and have fun with it even if you mess up, because you're going to die. Um, no, it would be, remember, you're going to die. <laughs> so we don't have time to get caught up in all of this fear and shame when there are people out there who need what you have to offer. They need it. And life is short. So go for it. Go ahead and put it out there, even if it's messy, even if it isn't fully developed. You have something to offer. Ah, that's so good. That's perfect. So uh, where can people go if they want to work with you? Uh, they can go to janecartercoaching.com. And um, I give people a free 20-minute clarity call. Um, I also have a free download right now um, that's specifically about how to navigate business in the middle of a crisis. Um, so they can either download that and get on my newsletter list, or they can just reach out to me directly. Um, but I would love, I love talking to people about their businesses. So I'd love to hear from people. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jane. Oh, thank you so much. This was great. I, this is a, one of the more pleasurable podcast episodes I've done recently. It's so fun to talk to you, Angelo. And that's a wrap for this week's episode. Once again, thank you so much to Jane for coming on the show. Really had a fun conversation with her If you want to learn more about her, head to her Instagram at Jane Carter Coaching and also her website, www.janecartercoaching.com. You can find more about her. And if you do want to work with her, her tagline is like a therapist for your business. So I'm sure she'll bring uh, a different side to business coaching that you guys could definitely benefit from. So once again, if you guys want to support the show, I do get tired of saying this, but please Leave a five-star rating if you like the show on iTunes and make sure to leave a review. Just a couple lines, what you liked about the show. You guys do not know how much that would help me out, 
help spread the show to new people. So if you could please do that, five-star rating, leave a review on iTunes, take a picture, share it on your Instagram story. Uh, Send this to one friend this week. That would be awesome if you guys could just send the post of the episode to one friend who you think might benefit from it. So just thank you everyone for the support. I really appreciate all of you and I'm just looking forward to keep pushing out these episodes to keep doing these interviews. If you do have any suggestions for people that you want on the show, be sure to reach out to me and I would be happy to talk to that person, see if we are the right fit. So I'm on Instagram, Angelo underscore Kelly one and at better than yesterday pod. Thank you guys again. And I will talk to you next week. Take care.